Welcome to the junk drawer. Oh, you just move your finger. You must feel pretty good about that. They're like devising a plan. <laughs> his whole body's limp. Yeah. And they like gotta pick his head up. By the great Dr. Seuss. Not a real doctor. Not an actual doctor. Pediatrician. Right. No. Not also not. He's a practicing medical physician. <laughs> no. But no. He first of all thinks that the hot blonde chick in the scene was. <laughs> Give her a tip yeah. for looks. Yeah. <laughs> it's finally time to open the junk drawer. All right. Boys and girls, children of all ages, we are here for our very first junk drawer of 2020. Welcome to the year 2020. Well, not all ages, right? Well, anybody can have a podcast. I am I Robot think, Cole. I don't think children They can download it. They're not allowed to use this thing. They get on Stitcher. Are we on Stitcher? We're on Grinder. Oh, true, 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 true. Okay. I wish that... Cole was with us, not Robot Cole. <laughs> well, he does not compute. <laughs> so I am Bryce. I will be our guide through our 2020 pod. Um, I'm joined by my co-host. I am Mario Rico, human Mario. And also... Uh, Cole, I just got here. Sorry, by Robot Cole. Hey, thing. Cole! <laughs> yeah, Thanks. that is oh, cool. Thanks. Gosh. Thanks, Robot Cole, for filling in. You're Robot. Very lifelike. Yeah. yeah. So, we took a couple weeks off. We know our adoring fans were very saddened, but it was Christmas and New Year's, and so... She was sad. We took, <laughs> we took a couple weeks off. This is our first official pod of 2020. This should be released on, I think it's the first Monday of 2020. And um, we are doing a year-in-review pod, Junk Drawer style. This with is movies in 2020. That movies that were released in 2019. In oh, yeah. okay. Makes no more movies sense. have been released in 2020. Oh, I thought we had three days to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we are only going to be talking about movies that were, or for the most part, going to be talking about movies that were released in 2019. We are affectionately calling this pod the 2019 Junkie Awards. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit about movies. The we Junkies! Saw. How can I explain it? <laughs> And I will say that we all are all in tuxedos for the junkie. We are. Nice. We are. Just top halves. Yeah. Totally bottomless. I'm just wearing a tuxedo shirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you didn't get the memo. <laughs> um, but yeah, we all uh, saw some movies in 2019, and so we're going to talk about some of our favorites. Um, and I don't want to bury the lead. You know how the Oscars, they wait till the very last one to mm -hmm. do Best Picture? Yeah. We're going to start uh, with our Best Picture, which I'm calling Favorite Movie. It does okay. always feel weird when people say it's the best movie, but it's really mm. just your opinion. So we're going to say our favorite movie mm, okay. of 2019. So, which movie released between January 1st, 2019 and December 31st, 2019 that you saw that you liked the best? Mm. Okay, you want, I can jump in. Go for it. So, I will say, going back through when I was doing research, what movies came out in 2019 that I saw, I, I want to say it's a pretty weak movie year. A minus a couple of great blockbuster films, and don't get me wrong, I love like the Marvel tentpoles of Star Wars. There wasn't many like independently produced movies, or not independently produced, but you know what I'm saying, original movies. So I think our list could have been more diverse, um, and I don't. I predict that it won't be, but we will see. So my okay. favorite movie, um, it is not my favorite IP. It's one of my favorites, um, but I think it was just the best movie that I saw this year and it was entertaining and it was done perfectly was Avengers Endgame. Okay. Um, I just, watching that movie over and over with the Russo brothers accomplished with that cast and with that storyline, tying it all up was perfect. It was heartfelt, it was funny, it was action packed and it was like a perfect send off for some of those characters. Um, 
it tied the knot for me on the Marvel franchise where I kind of have fatigue now because I think they wrapped up the Endgame, uh, uh, the Infinity Stone saga so well that I'm not too excited to see what happens next. I will watch all those movies because I love, you know, the Marvel Universe, but um, they did such a good job and Star Wars is my favorite property, but in comparison, Endgame did exactly what a, tr a franchise should do in ending it. It was just, it was perfect. So that is my favorite movie of 2019. Yeah, and, and just to talk a little bit more about Endgame, one thing that I think that's cool in, in Endgame, for, for re lots of reasons, some reasons that are fair, some reasons that I think are a little bit unfair, but won't get as much love with awards seasons, besides, of course, The Junkies, where it's nominated for favorite movie of 2019. <laughs> um, but what they did with the Marvel franchise is remarkable. And I think there is some fatigue, like Mario mentioned, with these movies, but, like, it's crazy. Like, so they started in 2008 with Iron Man, and then in 2019, the, what was it, like, the 23rd movie or whatever? Something like that, yeah. Came out. And all of the movies were at least average. Like, none of them are just bad. Very, yeah, very few were average. Most right. of them were good or so better than good. They made all of these movies that were connected to each other but good in their own right and expected everybody to see them. And everybody just saw all of these movies. <laughs> and they did this story over 11 years of, yeah. of storytelling, 12 years of storytelling, <clears throat> that had this very satisfying conclusion that was almost universally satisfying. I I honestly don't know if I have any issues with it. I remember thinking then, and as time has gone on, I have the same opinion. I thought it was a perfect movie for what it was doing. Right. Like, we've talked about Rise of Skywalker, which just came out. I really enjoyed it. I understand people's criticisms, and you can poke holes. There were so many holes that you could poke in that movie. For Endgame, I really struggle to find any. Yeah, my only critique with... I mean, I loved it, too. Yeah. My only critique with it is that for, like... It doesn't stand on uh, on its own as well as other movies in their whole universe because it's the answer to Infinity War, and so True. I think I enjoy it more because I enjoyed Infinity War. Um, but like, I think if I just showed somebody in game with no other context from any other Marvel superhero movie, yeah, I think can. it would it would fall a little flatter because they're like, you know, why does this matter, kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I struggle. But I think with, that's with any uh, like episodic movie, right? Right. That also right, yeah. gets at what I was saying of like. Yes, if you just only saw Endgame, you would be a bit confused. But that's kind of like the point is like why it was so crazy is they made this movie that was almost like television, but it was three hour episodes. And it's so, yes, you wouldn't just watch Endgame yeah. by itself because you'd be very confused. That's kind of kind of what I was trying to get at with how crazy it is that they just made all these movies and everybody saw them. And as we've seen with Star Wars specifically, but lots of other franchises, um, it's hard to make movies that are universally satisfying and pretty much everybody liked Endgame and liked how it tied up the story. Yeah. High like, 90 Rotten Tomato score for both critics and fans, right. which is unheard of. And, and people are like, oh, it's easy because they're these known characters. Well, well, they weren't known in 2008. Like, if you would have said 2008, we're going to build a film franchise around Iron Man, Captain America. With Robert Downey Jr. Stars. And Thor, you would have been like, not Spider-Man, not Wolverine, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And look at the arguably more recognizable DC characters that continue to stumble in trying to do the same thing and aren't yeah. able to like make it happen. So it's crazy, I think, that they were able to do such a cool thing. Yeah, I think, my yeah, I'm not disagreeing with y'all, but I look at some of the, not, they're not necessarily sequels, but they're continuation movies. So something like Thor Ragnarok, I think, stands really well on its own. True. You don't have to have watched Thor, I think there's three Thors yeah, before yes. that. Two before. Uh, Two total? Yeah, two Ooh. before. Ragnarok's the third. Ragnarok yeah. is the third okay. movie. 
So yeah, like I think it stands well enough on its own, and I think all of the cat movies yeah, are where I, just... I can like watch it as a story and not necessarily care. Like I don't know. I think to some degree, maybe I'm too close to the source material where like I just know Cap, so I can watch Cap and pick up on him immediately. I don't need his backstory each time. Yeah. But I mean, I loved Infinity, or I loved Endgame, so don't let me yeah. say yeah. that otherwise. No, I guess I mean I can see what you're saying. If you're just taking a 2019 movie as a movie, like is it the best movie in that year? I know what you're saying, like. Endgame is, I think, the best movie of the year, but it comes with all this other baggage, if you will. Like, you have to know what's going on before you can just sit down and watch it, so. Yeah. 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 And again, that's what's really interesting to me, but I can understand if you evaluate it just as a singular movie, which is why I was saying, like, some of the criticism is fair and some of it's unfair. Some of the fair criticism is, okay, if you're just evaluating this just as a movie on its own, it is very confusing because it opens <laughs> up. It literally, Infinity War and Endgame are a six-hour movie with an intermission. Like that's just yeah, like, right. Yeah. Like um, the Irishman. <laughs> like the Irishman. Uh, Cole, what was your favorite movie of 2019? The Irishman. So, <laughs> no, I've not seen it yet. It's good. Um, here is a little bit of probably an embarrassment for me. Uh oh. I did not see a lot of movies in 2019, and I find <gasps> now that I look back, that's a habit I have pretty often where I'm watching movies that are released previous years and the year to follow. And okay. once they come to Netflix or once they are cheap to rent or Redbox or whatever. Blockbuster. Those are the, ver yeah, exactly. Blockbuster, I still have the card in my wallet. Um, that's like the timeline often for me. And so this is gonna sound crazy, I think, to Mario, because I would love to hear your number. I okay. saw less than five movies in theaters in 2019. Oh my God, I've seen. And in fact, I saw three. Dude. To just right off the top of my head, I saw Endgame and Rise of Skywalker combined six times. Yeah, but just two movies. So that that is one thing. I mean, I mean, like specifically, how many times did you go to the movies to see a different movie? Oh, well, thirty-three, I think thirty-three, thirty-four. Right. I, I'm at the theater. I average twice a month. Yeah. That's crazy. So I literally so Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Rise of Skywalker are the only three movies I saw in oh theater my gosh. in 2019. Your little franchise temple boy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, actually, real quick, for people who don't go to the movies a lot, I have heard like they only go to the theater for those types of event movies. Yeah, I don't know. I think there are movies that have come out and like there's a lot of hype around them, and I'm like, oh, I should go see that. But the thing I'm somewhat working against is my wife never will go to a movie with me. That's why I get a gift card. Yeah, or I need guy friends. Yeah, well, you have me, sometimes Bryce. Um, so here's the thing. So if I'm going to choose from the limitations of what we're talking about, it's my favorite movie in 2019 Yes. that came out in 2019. I also think Endgame was my favorite movie that came out in 2019. Okay. I think if I'm going to choose something that stands better as it, on its own from that comment I made earlier is Always Be My Maybe on Netflix. Great. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's like I thought it was a romantic comedy that was – done in a way that was a little bit more fresh and not so like heaped in like the classic I don't know tropes over and over again campiness uh, yeah exactly yeah. um so and it was also like in a category of like total surprise for me where somebody's like oh have you seen this yet and I was like no you're the first person that's ever even told me about yeah. it and then I watched it like a day later um but again like I feel like they kind of benefit from the Netflix aspect of how I like to watch movies which is okay. I could then go right home and watch it without paying any money well other than my mm -hmm. subscription cost. So, do you have your own subscription or do you? We use Lindsay's Families. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I don't think I know anyone in my age group that has their own. Yeah. It's big. <laughs> Every two years, there's the siblings of my wife, they all they text one another and say, hey, it's now your turn 
to pay for the next two years. So oh, Lindsay, that's fair. Lindsay just got off the past two years, and now it's on Lloyd. So thank you, Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah, that's Lloyd. why you waited so long to marry Lindsay. Exactly. Yeah, you're like, I'm not get, taking on that debt. I'm not taking on that Netflix debt. debt. $9 a month? Are you crazy? That's like a Chick-fil-A trip a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, again, if I'm, if I'm saying an answer that stands on its own, it's always be my maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to fault you at all, because that is an amazing movie. Um, I actually prefer going to the theater. Like when The Irishman was dropping on Netflix, I'm grateful now because I watched it in three parts. But uh, like a big movie like that, like I'm one of that goes to the movies a lot because I go, if an actor I like is in a movie, I'll see the actor no matter what and the director. So a movie like that, I was like, oh, I wish I could have seen it in theaters, which I think I could have. But I think I just prefer seeing huge movies. And I mean that in like a very literal physical sense, movies in theaters. So like things like Interstellar or The Martian or like these things where you have these great expanses like yeah. all the Lord of the Rings like that's a great movie theater experience for me but if it's like an intense drama I don't have to have it at a theater yeah. so big movie so not Lego movie because it's a small yeah because yeah, yeah. they're so small <laughs> yeah. exactly um, so I actually was going through movies had a similar feeling to Cole I definitely went to the movies a lot more than Cole did this year but I was looking at like a lot of the movies that are you know on awards shortlists or just rated on people's top 10 lists. And I realized <clears throat> there's a lot of them that I also hadn't seen. I think a big part of that is that a lot of like the big awards movies, the great movies that are supposed to come out every year come out in December and January. And that's uh, kind of a busy time for most people. It's a busy time for me. So it's like hard to get to the movies every single weekend to catch all these movies that come out. So like, you know, for me, I haven't set aside three weeks of my life to watch The Irishman yet. <laughs> um, so I can't pick that. Uh, I want to see Knives Out and Uncut Gems, which are two movies that are... I'm like, really interested in Uncut Gems as well. Two movies that are like right up my alley that I'm sure I'll love, but again, haven't seen them yet, so real, can't pick it. Real quick, fun little story about Uncut Gems. Go for it. I texted you this. Um, you ignored it. I went to the <laughs> movies to see Uncut Gems with my parents a week ago, and there is... We walked out. Um, I asked, encouraged them to leave the theater. There is a very, very sexual scene spoiler alert and it is the most uncomfortable i've ever been with my parents in my entire life mm. i'm not going to go into the detail of the scene but when you see the movie it's like the first 20 minutes and my mom was sitting next to me and i am beating sweat everywhere every other word is the f word or like racial slurs too mm. yeah so i don't I think i would have gone to out. see uncut gyms with my parents yeah, just I, knowing what the is going to be is? like uh, you know, i bet adam sandler is cutting a gym and patrick swayze Comes behind Andrew him. Swayze's dead. And holds him. There's kind he's of this ghost. Like ghost kind of experience <laughs> as he's shaping this gem on a potter's wheel. Is he a ghost in that movie? Yes. yes. Never the movie is called Ghost. It's called Ghost. I never knew why. Wow. <laughs> yes, that is the scene. Adam Sandler goes, gems! And it ends. Exactly. Anyway, sorry. That's okay. Knives out very good, by the way. Some other highlights of movies that I'm looking forward to eventually watching. And so I'm saying all this because I think. If you ask me a year from now what my favorite movie that came out in 2019 was, my answer might change. Yeah. Other ones that I was interested in seeing but just missed, uh, The Farewell, which is a really small indie movie with Aquafina, but it has kind of an interesting premise. The Water I, Brand? No, the actress slash rapper. Uh, I don't know that. Um, uh, but it was in theaters for like a week and a half, it felt like, so I missed it. And then my wife hates horror movies, so I didn't get to see Midsommar, which is another movie that would be like right up my alley. Well, that looks um, horrifying. Yeah, in terms of movies as well. So, all that to say, again, one of those might eventually end up being the movie that I say is my favorite movie that came out in this calendar year. But, 
my actual answer is going to be very on brand for me. And I think my favorite movie that I saw this year was John Wick 3, which wow, similar surprising. to Endgame was a great continuation of a very interesting IP. I think uh, the John Wick trilogy is just three movies that are like all A movies. It's I'm, I watched it in a theater basically by myself which is like a weird vibe for watching a movie and was just like hooting and hollering as he's like killing people with ninja stars. I'm like screaming Whoa, spoilers. out loud. I mean, John Wick, John Wick kills kill some people, people in these movies. Yeah, That's a first. <laughs> he's so yet. loving in the first two. <laughs> uh, and I love also like John Wick has some of like the, the all three movies, but John Wick three as well. Some of like the sneaky, most interesting world building ever because yeah. it is basically what was a cheap nineties or 2000 movie in terms of like action, like, non-stop action, but they've taken that and they've made it into this interesting premise of, first of all, incredibly well-directed, so it looks beautiful the entire time you're watching it. Who is the director again? Um, I can't say his name, but he's a former stunt person. Yeah. You can't say it for legal reasons? I can't say it because it's difficult oh, to okay. pronounce. Oh, okay. I will look it up, though. Uh, it is, his name is Chad Stahelski. Stahelski. Oh, Stahelski, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, each movie kind of builds out the world of John Wick to make it more and more interesting. And so you get these characters that occupy these roles in this universe. Um, and so like you're paying attention to the amazing action scenes, which are super cool and super interesting, but also like you feel invested in this world as it continues to grow with each film. Um, and so I think just in terms of enjoyment and my favorite movie that I saw at least so far that came out in 2019 was John Wick 3. This might be a hot take for you, but I also enjoyed it. It's my least favorite John Wick of the three. I think the second one is the best than the first than the third. So I, I think my order is a little bit different, but that's the thing too. Is like when I say like they're so complete is that like any order you rank them, it's like 1A, 1B, 1C because they're all so good and they're yeah. all so interesting. None of them is bad. Um, it was almost too violent for me. Well, you need to go see a different movie. Then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All but right. I feel like, I mean, cheating here for a second, but I think I live in a very similar category to you. We're like, what will you, if you ask me what my favorite movie of 2019 was in like nine months, I'll have a different answer possibly than Endgame. Like in the same way as I look back on 2018, and the thing that first comes to mind is Black Panther probably was my favorite movie I saw in 2018. But I wouldn't have known that again. Like when I saw it, I thought it was incredible, but then I feel like it just gets solidified the longer it kind of, holds that value as months and months pass on. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I am interested to see what I would think, again, like five months from now. So we're gonna do this. Five months from now, we're yeah. gonna yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I do think that a lot of times awards for movies get caught up in the heat of the moment. And like, you know, we get these awards travesties where a lesser movie wins over a greater movie for one reason or another. And we look back 10, 15 years later and are like, how did that movie win? But it's like, at the time, it didn't seem quite so crazy most of the time. Now, some of them have seemed a little bit right. insane. Like, Shape of Water was a bit of a weird choice even at the time. Yeah, what? Um, this year's... And I do want to clarify, suck. I was talking about Endgame, not Ender's Game from 2013. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we assume Good that. book, okay. not a great fan, I'm not a big fan of that movie. So, uh, our next category, which I feel like really embodies the spirit of the junk chore, yes. is what was... What do you think was the most underrated movie that came out in 2019? And so that can mean one of two things, whichever way you wanted to take it. Either it was a movie that was critically unpopular, but you really liked it, or it did well critically, but just didn't receive as much love as you thought it should yeah. have. I think I'll go first, okay. which is what I think. 
Um, and again, just not watching a ton of movies that are like new. My bank is very small to choose from. But another one that I really enjoyed that kind of came out of nowhere for me that I think is pretty critically not loved that I really enjoyed was the extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile, the Ted Bundy movie that Zac yeah. Efron's in. Oh, I never saw that. Um, it's super well done, I think. Is that Netflix film? It's, it's a Netflix, Netflix film. Um, it's like, so for Mario and myself, neither one of us loves scary movies. It's not no. scary. It just plays off like kind of giving you a glimpse into the person that he was. Um, and so I think on that level, it's really creepy because he comes off so charismatic and kind and handsome and like level-headed and you You're see him. about me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying you're Ted Bundy if that's what you that's want to claim not, to. No, nope, You horrible. just said that. I, <laughs> we were talking about Ted Bundy. I was trying to make it <laughs> innocent and sweet. Um, but uh, yeah, like you see him go through the trial process and that whole deal and it's like, I think it's really well done and it has like a really, I feel like, um, like awesome kind of final moment where this girl that he's kind of essentially strung along this whole time and made her believe that he's not doing any of these things he's innocent of him he finally like shares with her what he did and she like holds him a picture and it's this woman with no head and she's like screaming at him like what happened oh my god to this girl's head and he's like just basically it wasn't me it wasn't me and then he spoiler alert it's history so. i'll go watch you all go watch it. i don't want to spoil that last scene i, I think it's good i have a, okay. three questions for you yeah was the attorney in that movie it was ray romano right yeah no that wasn't the Irishman. No, the uh, no, but the attorney is Sheldon from. Oh, oh yeah. really? He's the the plaintiff okay. attorney. Well, it was a criminal attorney, right? Yeah, He's yeah there we go, prosecutor. prosecutor. Yeah. That's it's another um, P word. So, two other questions about the movie. One, did you feel I had heard the criticism was it glorified Ted Bundy? But in, in I think that's the. Here's what I'll say. My my wife reads a lot of like these style books that are all yeah, about people who like stuff. are why. these mass killers. And I don't think it glorified him in such a way that, like, at the end of it, I was like, oh, you know, poor Ted. I think it just further illustrated that he had fooled everyone because he is so charismatic yeah. and kind. But he's doing horrific things. Yeah. And then I was going to say, do you like the cast? Is I thought Efron? the cast was great. Like, specifically, Efron was good for that role? I thought Efron was great at it. Because they end the movie by showing the same scenes he's doing from actual footage of the trial with the real Ted Bundy. Oh, wow. And a lot of the times he's, like, spot on with, like, like literally how he's acting. I mean, he had he got to look at the camera and watch Ted Bundy himself do it. So in some ways, that maybe that's easier as an actor to mimic their exact delivery. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he was good. Yeah. While we're talking about underrated, this might be a hot take. Zach Efron. I love Zach Efron. I, I, I don't think it's a hot take. I agree with okay. you. Okay. I think... I. I I'll tell you it's hot because he's pretty hot. He's Let's put Zac Efron in more movies. He's hilarious. And obviously with that movie, like you can see he can do more than just handsome boy movies. Like that's a little Yeah, bit look different. at Seventeen again. Oh, with Matthew Perry? Seventeen yeah. again. He is my most underrated movie of the decade. He is Came in, out in previous decade. He is in a movie called um, That Awkward Moment. Uh -huh. It has Michael B. Jordan and um, Miles Teller when okay. they're like none of them are huge yet. And okay. it's a chick flick from a guy's perspective. Ooh. I love it. It's not good. It's a perfect joke to a movie. <laughs> um, but I remember I was dating my college girlfriend, and I kind of knew it wasn't going to work out. And this movie came out around when I was thinking of breaking up with her, but I stayed together with her just so I could so have a girl to go to see the chick flick with. Hope you're not yeah, the to Metacritic score for um, the Ted Bundy movie for Shockingly Evil, Vile, whatever it was, Cruel, it's a long time. all the yeah. things. It's, it's a quote from the 
the judge. Right. Um, it was a 52 on the Metacritic. So oh wow, a slightly above average movie, but I would yeah. I'd categorize it you probably like in like the more. 60 to 70 range. Cool. Yeah. My uh, my most underrated movie. I guess it's not that underrated because Cole said it was his favorite movie of 2019. But Always Be My Maybe was my most underrated movie of 2019. And here's why. So it actually did very well critically. People loved it. But Netflix does this thing when they promote their movies where they promote the crap out of a movie for like two weeks and it's like blasted across the banner of Netflix. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of goes to the bottom of the pile. And I think that has something to do with like if you've watched it or whatever. But <clears throat> Always Be My Maybe, I watched it with my wife at home because that's how these Netflix movies are made to be made, made to be watched, excuse me. With wives? At home. Um, and it was... So funny. The Keanu cameo is hilarious. It's so great. Randall Park and Ali Wong are so good. They're both very funny separately, yeah. very funny together as well. They have great chemistry. And like Cole said, like it subverts, not really, but it's it's a very non-traditional romantic comedy in a, in a lot of ways it feels like because it kind of has this feeling of this person that you've known forever, um, which is the premise of it always be my maybe. Like they always kind of had a thing but never really synced up. Um, which I feel like is a very universal emotion that maybe hasn't really come up in a lot of chick flicks. Again, I keep calling them chick flicks, sorry. Romantic comedies. Um, I, I don't like romantic comedies a ton, but I really enjoyed Always Be My Maybe. The conclusion is incredibly satisfying as well. Um, it, it's just, it was just good. It was fun to watch and I liked it, but it didn't feel overly sappy like romantic comedy yeah. feel a lot of the time. And oh. I'll also add on top of that that, I mean, I have no position to say this as a white male, but I think there's also something to be said that it was a non-white cast that was so well-received and so well yeah. done. Not that, not just say anything about that minorities can't act because that's not what I'm saying at all, but just that I think it's a really cool place to be in our culture where people of culture and color get more and more access to like feature and high, you know, yeah. rank film. I think what worked so well with them being of um, Asian American descent was they had that cultural background or the undertone during the movie that their families kind of wanted them to end up together because they you know were cut from the same cloth essentially um, but that is also my most underrated movie uh, more so on them which movie didn't receive as much attention as it deserved because like Bryce said it was critically acclaimed um, I freaking loved it and if Endgame didn't come out in this year it might have been my favorite movie um, as I've mentioned several times, I love romantic comedies. It might be my favorite genre. Uh, the Keanu um, cameo put it like above and beyond for me because it was so well hidden and placed, like at a time in the movie where he didn't expect it, and he didn't. And he plays himself, and right. he doesn't play. He plays like a version of himself that people think he would be like. Like that's right. not how he actually is. Right, of course. Like he's playing like I'm Keanu Reeves. Like just yeah. So I want to see more of these two. Specifically, Randall Park, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Asian Jim. Um, Asian, Asian Jim. Um, I say specifically him because I've seen little bits and pieces of him before. What's her name? Ali Wong. I have never yeah. seen her. So, so she's really well known as a stand-up comedian before this. That's okay. how I knew about her. She has a ton of stand-up specials. Randall Park, I believe, has been on the show Fresh Off the Boat for the past however many years. Okay. Uh, so, you know, when people are doing a show like that, they don't do a ton of movies. Uh, so yeah. So what drove me to this is because like I love him in Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. yeah. FBI guy like he kills me, and he's also like one of the only good parts of Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just so funny and charismatic. Um, 
So yeah, I, the Metacritic has 64. I actually had like a 90%. Like I love this movie. It's one of my favorite romantic comedies. Yeah, and it was really refreshing for me to get a good romantic comedy. We haven't really had one in like, I don't know, six or seven years. I, I don't really keep up with the I see, pulse I do. of romantic like, I comedies. Do. Like, the, last, the last one I really, really liked was 500 Days of Summer. And that was like a non-traditional one. Yeah. So this is a non-traditional one. And they just, it was actually a happy ending, which I was like, if they don't end up together, spoiler alert, yeah. I'm yeah. going to kill them. It's not the breakup. Yeah, which, oh, horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's a good movie, though. Um, disagree. So it's, it's, we've been talking a little bit about Always Be My Maybe. It did have a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 64, 65 on Metacritic, which, like we've talked about, basically means everybody liked it. Everybody kind of gave it three out of five, like was the rating, yeah. which, which feels fair. Uh, obviously, we maybe liked it a little bit more than that, but it, it was just like super satisfying to watch. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like it. It's very rewatchable. Like I want to, re yeah. I want to watch it now. I might watch. It we might watch it after this. Let's well, no, throw your, it on. your family's coming over. Oh, I think "Always Be My Maybe" is the junkie winner for 2019. It, might be. it really it might just be. Fits, checks all of our boxes. Uh, Ninety-three percent of Google users liked it. Whatever there that means. I don't know what that means either. Bing users hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our last category is the honorable mention. Uh, and so you guys can kind of think of this as like the, you know, some competitions have like a judge's choice. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to just give us, I wanted to give us a second to talk about a movie that we haven't mentioned yet, or maybe haven't talked about very much that you thought did something really cool or interesting that you want to mention for one reason or another. Did anybody have a movie like that? Yeah, I have a couple. I'll focus on one. I'll just name drop. Knives Out, really enjoyed it. it was a little nice surprise in the, the year. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, loved it. Uh. I liked it a lot, but they wrapped it up that way. Anyways, my honorable mention, though, the movie that stood out the most to me that we haven't mentioned yet is Aladdin. Okay. I, this is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Disney cartoon movies, so I was really excited for the live action. Um, it Critically, I think it was kind of split. Yeah. Um, but I loved that Will Smith was cast as Genie. Yeah. Because he did his own thing. Right. Which you have to do, because you can't, you know, can't emulate. Yeah. You can't oh, imitate. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, so, just, I remember... I encourage you and Allie to see it with yeah. me because I loved it so much and then we had a blast. Well, I was going to see it anyway. Yeah, Aladdin, yeah, yeah. Aladdin is also my favorite oh, okay. Disney animated movie. Yeah. And I love Will Smith. I love every yes. single Will Smith movie for all the time. Um, he's another patron saint of yeah. the junk drawer. Um, so that and the, the cast of Aladdin I loved. Yeah, that he's kid. really good. Um, the music was great. Some parts were like, eh. But I think it holds the cake for the... Best, my favorite live-action Disney movie so far. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because it does a good job because some movies do too much of a shot-for-shot -shot remake. I thought the Lion King remake did a little bit too much shot-for-shot. Yeah, shot. I didn't like it that way. <clears throat> uh, and then, obviously, some movies go too far afield um, when you want to see the remake. You kind of want to see some of those beats that you remember. I think Aladdin really... It, it's a hard middle to find, but I think Aladdin did a good job yeah. of that. Like, with Will Smith... He is the genie, so you get Friend Like Me, but it's more of a rap song. Oh, so great. Um, and it has some other scenes, but they're really cool. Um, so I think it did a good job of that. I'm glad I you I went around that. singing Riff Raff, Street Rat, like all the time. Yeah, you Cole. still do, actually. Cole, did you see that one? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. Loser. It's, it's I am a loser. Um, uh, my honorable mention for 2019. So... Again, I did not watch a lot of movies that came out in 2019. It's in one 2019. of three. It's one of three. <laughs> one I would say is an honorable honorable, uh, before I get to my real honorable, would be Captain Marvel. Um, just because, and again, I, I, I'm not trying to like get on some weird soapbox, but I really appreciate 
them taking time to do a female lead movie that's exclusively about a woman superhero is who also ends up becoming like the most impossibly powerful superhero. Um, so I think for not just that standpoint, I thought it was a really well done movie. Like the de-aging with Samuel Jackson is crazy. crazy to me, like how real it looks. Um, and I think it does a good job of retraining, and this is gonna get too nerdy, it retrains my thinking process with the scrolls. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was a really cool movie, I liked it a lot. But one that I would say is in the honorable mention category for me for sure is, is a Netflix movie as well, it's called Triple, Triple Frontier. Oh yeah. Um, so it's Ben Affleck, um, and then Oscar Isaac, right? Isaac, Oscar Isaac, who's oh, Poe Dameron. Oh, I this one. Um, so I saw it because, literally because of the thumbnail on Netflix. It's like, oh, this looks like a movie I'll like because there's guys with machine guns, and it had like, basically the trailer that was playing was um, one of the guys is talking to Ben Affleck, and he's like, you serve three tours as a army ranger and you're driving a truck that barely runs like there's something that's wrong with that and basically it's charlie uh Hun Hun oh i like charlie it. hunnam who basically convinces him to go back out and so the quick version of the story of what happens is they go and steal money from oh, a drug lord Pedro in like the amazon rainforest i think maybe like brazil perhaps that's but amazon. anyway yeah. i mean i didn't know if it's specifically the country of brazil but anyway um it's just a really to me I expect it to be these seven or I think it was six guys total. Eh. It was three, triple frontier. Sorry. There's three guys total. <laughs> there's no, there's more than three. Kidding. Oh, you're messing with me. <laughs> yeah, Pedro Pascal, Garrett Headland. There are five of them. Okay. Sorry. So there are these incredibly trained guys, and you think watching it that it's going to be, like there's going to be some back and forth where maybe they fall into trouble and they get back out of it. Um, but it ends up being a really sad movie um, because you see a lot of the – stuff of their home life with like needing to make ends meet and they go and do this thing and it's it is illegal don't get that wrong they're doing something illegal um but ooh, don't spoil the ending i want to watch it now it uh it ends pretty sad you stole they intrigued take my, basically they get a little too greedy uh, and um uh, things don't go as planned great cast. Um, and so i liked it but i think one thing that it did that was new for me was that it was just like i mean it was pretty sad like i don't think all movies have to end well which is yeah often the case with ironically know, just, refreshing yeah like, i think when i when i saw it starting like shit hitting the fan throughout the movie i was like is this really how this is going to play out and then right. as it continued to toe that line and get even worse i was like oh man now i just feel kind of crummy like <laughs> man so i get the joker <laughs> yeah from i never watched the joker but oh, yeah you'll feel that way <laughs> <laughs> from a storytelling perspective though it is like you said ironically refreshing when there is a sad ending just because it is often unexpected, and it reminds you that like bad things can't happen to these characters that you're rooting for. And some movies fall flat. This is my critique of the newest Star Wars, because you never really believe that anything bad will happen to the main characters. And that's when not it, the case in this one. When it does, you it's it's a more interesting movie. Literally, one one thing you just remind me of too that they do that I think is really well done in that movie specifically is they steal money from this drug lord, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things they really sh struggle with is the actual weight of all of that cash. Yeah. Like hundreds of pounds of cash. Where I feel like in a lot of movies, you open the briefcase and it's like $200,000 in a briefcase. And it could be $10,000 in the same briefcase in a different movie. But they're like lugging these duffel bags of money and mm -hmm. they legitimately cannot lift them. That's how heavy they are. And there's like that aspect of the taxing nature of dragging all this across the rainforest that also makes a really cool part of the movie. That's oh, really cool. Speaking of Captain Marvel, you, you did remind me of one huge criticism of Endgame. 
Why wasn't Captain Marvel there sooner? Well, so... <laughs> we, we, Only we, plot hole, right? We touched on Captain Marvel for a second, but going forward, like Mario mentioned, what are they? what is Marvel going to do next? Um, Captain Marvel presents a problem for them going forward because they now have with her the same problem that DC has with Superman, which is she's so strong, it's like... Well, what do you do with her? Like, she's a Super Saiyan guy. If, if she just shows up, then she just beats up all the bad guys instantly, which is part yeah. of what happens in Endgame. I mean, yeah. Thanos is, is a little bit able to hang with her, but it makes it hard to tell the story going forward when any bad guy is like, well, if we just call Captain Marvel, she'll just kick the crap yeah. out of him. So I, I, it's interesting in the film Captain Marvel because she's coming to grips with it, which is an interesting story to tell. Um, it becomes more complicated in... In game when she has realized the superpower and it's like, well, where is she? Why does yeah. she come here? <laughs> Which you can say for every Marvel movie though, like when Spider-Man, when is Thor fighting, is not there, yeah, like where's Thor? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, or Rise of Skywalker, why isn't Lando there all the time? Because everybody comes when everybody, he calls. Yeah, yeah. Everybody comes when Lando comes. Whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my honorable mention was going to be in game, but we've talked about it a lot already, so I'm going to put that on the side. Like I said, what they did was so interesting to me um, that I give them big ups for that. But um, for me, the next choice was going to be Detective Pikachu. Oh, great um, choice! Just because when the first preview or trailer came out for Pikachu, or I guess it would be a teaser, I was like, oh, this movie's going to be awful. Like, I'm going to go see it oh. just because it's such a train wreck. I had the opposite. With the first teaser? I thought it looked, and I'm not a huge Pokemon guy, I thought it looked phenomenal. Oh, no, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. Um, but then, like, as more information about it came out, and then we got extended trailers, um, I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be good. And I saw it, loved it. Ryan Reynolds is great as Pikachu. Um, it's really fun. <laughs> it's a really good movie. And if you like Pokemon, it's like, exactly the kind of Pokemon movie you want to see where it's like what if people just get hang out with Pokemon all the time um and so I mean it's not my favorite movie I saw for sure um but it was a ton of fun and I really enjoyed it so it's my honorable mention hmm. um all right so also since we have a little bit of time uh 2019 also technically was the end of a decade so um some people and this is what we're going to do now well what do you mean some people uh, have come up with a best of the decade list. So we're not going to do a whole list, but we are going to talk for a second. What was your favorite movie that came yeah. out from January 1st, 2010 to December 31st, 2019? So obviously there's a ton of movies, a ton of movies we love, but let's just try and narrow it down to, to one? one movie. Oh my God. I have like eight or nine written down. Okay, so let's say you, you got to say one. Okay, I'll say one. Um, but then not another. Uh, all right, all right, fine. Uh... <laughs> Social Network. I think Social Network is the best movie of the decade. Has the best soundtrack. It is... Trent the, Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, it, it, he's become like a hugely successful uh, movie score guy. Um, just the story, it is a thriller about the creation of Facebook. And somehow it grips you and you're on the edge of your seat the entire movie. It makes Justin Timberlake like an Oscar caliber actor. It makes... Um, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg? Well, Jesse Eisenberg is an Oscar caliber actor, but this was the first time I'd seen Andrew Garfield. Oh, okay. And he just, you know, he explodes off the screen. Um, it's just so well made. It's so well shot. And it's Aaron Sorkin at his complete best. And then you get, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the director's name. 
very, very, very famous director. Yes, David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin should just do everything from here on out forever. They are a good time. Slightly dark. It's very dark. Um, but it's in my top five all-time favorite movies. I rewatch it at least once a year. I think I had you watch it not too long ago. Uh, I had never seen it before. Um, so that is my pick, and I I want to watch it now. Just talk, talking about it. I and, drive to the soundtrack sometimes. It's like dark, <laughs> ominous tones. Right. It's it's an interesting movie as well, and this is kind of always how I evaluate movies is like how much do you continue to think about that movie after it's ended? Yeah. Um, and a cool thing with the social network is that it's taken on a completely new life now in 2019, 2020 with Facebook's current issues, <laughs> you could say, um, and everything that's gone on with that. So it like is a very rewatchable movie because there was the context in 2010 when it came out that made it interesting. And now there's a whole new set of context that makes it even more interesting. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think Social Network is definitely one of the top movies that came out in uh, this decade. Yeah, my only critique would be is they should have called it Social Network. Just drop the the. Drop the the. Drop the the, yeah. Um, blasphemous that it did not win Best Picture. King's Speech is a popular movie. I well. don't care. It's not even close. Okay. Although, I will say that year had some really good movies. A good year for movies, there. yeah. Inception was nominated, so was The Fighter. Um, and 127 Hours, really good movies. Black but Swan's also very good. We're still talking about Social Network today, and we're not talking about King's Speech. Yeah, that's, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying, is that like... Toy Story yeah, 3 also nominated. At the time, there was like an... Toy Story 3 is also incredible. Yeah. But at the time, like, it didn't seem unreasonable for King's Speech to win over Social Network, but like, with the enduring legacy of Social Network and... and all the context around it has made it a little bit yeah. more interesting. The fun thing with Toy Story 3 is, I've not seen Toy Story 4, but... Don't. No, I'm just kidding. It's with good. 3 is, I didn't ask for it. Like, I was fine with where where 2 ended. Oh, really? And then 3 was like, I feel like a continuation of the story and like a really, like, I was like, oh my gosh, who knew I wanted this? And <laughs> I do so bad. It's so good. So, Toy Story 3 is great. You I don't want weird. Toy Story 4 you will after say the that. ending of Toy Story 3. You will exactly. say that. Three was but, the perfect ending for those movies. Yeah, four but, is like, okay, Disney wants more money. Yeah. Um, they're a four they're a struggling company. So for me, <laughs> yeah, they are. They're looking they're on they're the ropes. They're hard out for cash. They're on the um, ropes. definitely on the ropes. Um, they're looking to merge with uh yeah, Comcast. I think like the UNF film school was really giving yes. them a run for their money at this mm-hmm. point. Yes. Um, <laughs> but okay, I'll go now for my favorite movie of the decade. Uh, and I'm with Mario. There are a ton of great movies. I know Bryce is saying the same thing as well. I hate that we can't even mention others. I'm going to punch them. You know exactly. how hard that is for me? But if I'm just going to I'm gonna get on my... I'm just going to call it as it is. Here's my favorite movie of the past decade. And it's Captain Phillips. So okay. oh, wow. I love Tom Hanks. So that's not necessarily an unpopular opinion. I'm the captain now. Um, but it's not a movie that I think about a lot. So maybe there are other answers to that as we were just kind of talking about. But it is a movie that is solidified in my mind as like being a pretty incredible watching experience. Where, again, I love Tom Hanks, but I literally, the first time I watched it in theaters, was in tears. Like, feeling his emotion in that last scene where he's finally rescued and they're taking him through like triage and like checking all his vitals, all that kind of stuff. And then only to find out, you know, essentially through the internet later that that was all ad lib and it was actual Coast Guard like medics that were just responding to him as they would with any real patient that he was kind of just doing that off the cuff and made it that much more um, incredible and I think I'm not going to name another movie but Tom Hanks has a really great uh, ability for me to make uninteresting things super super interesting and not that Captain Phillips is not an uninteresting story 
but maybe something like Bridge of Spies has like incredible drama, incredible heat. Even though there's not like an explosion, there's not gunshots going off every 10 minutes. Um, and so Captain Phillips is that for me where there are gunshots here and there as they're obviously overtaking the boat. Um, but it was just such a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I loved it. Fun fact, the Somali pirate Barkhad Abdi. Um, so the I, actor, not the actual Somali pirate. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> the actor Barkhad Abdi is the actor's name. Um, fun and interesting fact, surprising fact, uh, Minneapolis has the largest population of Somalian people outside of Somalia, which is weird because of the vast, you know, differences in climate. Right. Um, they did a lot of the casting in Minneapolis and I was going to college at the time. He was a, like a driver, like a car taxi driver type Mm -hmm. guy. And he went and auditioned and he got the role. So it was his first film role, and it just kind of changed his life. Yeah. So and I think it's cool, too. Um, that, that is cool. Sorry. <laughs> hey, thanks, Cole. That <laughs> yeah. is cool. Uh, but the director is this guy, Paul Greengrass, um, who, to me, is a relatively small name. And, like, some it's of the movies... a name. <laughs> some of the movies I recognize that he's done aren't necessarily even my favorite movies on top of that. So I like The Bourne Supremacy, which he did, and The Bourne Ultimatum. He did a lot of those Bourne movies. Oh, yeah. Um, but... I think this kind of stands out. I mean, to me, I'd categorize it as the best movie he's ever directed. Ooh, um, better than Jason Bourne? Yeah. Ooh, I think, yeah. Hot take? Maybe. I, mean, I like Jason Bourne, but this is, a great one. This is better. So, I will say Jason Bourne revitalized hand-to-hand combat in movies. It revitalized shaky hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say go look at season one of Daredevil and compare it to the Bourne Ultimatum oh, and look at so the difference better. in yeah. choreography and <laughs> camera work. Oh, wouldn't be a 2019 podcast without referencing a form of Daredevil. Exactly. <laughs> so for me, I was going to pick Mad Max Fury Road, which oh, is, wow. I think, I think... Never never saw it all. I think that's, 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 that's on my list as well. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's incredible. Wait, so you're naming a movie and then you're naming another movie? This was my initial pick. I'm going to name another pick. But, okay, whatever. <laughs> but as I thought about it more, and again, what I said to Mario is like movies that I continue to think about. Like, which movie from this decade have I thought about the most since seeing it? Um, and, and both of these movies, Mad Max and My Choice, show a little bit of a recency bias. But I think my favorite movie that came out this decade was Get Out. Because haven't seen that. It is a movie that I saw once, spent a whole day thinking about it, like was at my job looking up articles of like critical analysis of the movie, like trying to learn more about it. Right. And then went home and watched it again huh. the next night. And so and, and I didn't get to see it in theaters because again my wife doesn't like scary movies, so I have to watch Is all, it a horror? Uh, it is considered a horror movie, <sighs> yes. I would say. I wanted to see a it. Mystery thriller. Do not it. spoil it, because right. I will see it. <laughs> okay. But it's I saw it. Thought about it all day, went home and watched it again because I had it on like, I think Redbox? No, maybe from the library, I don't know. Um, I watched it like three times the week just because I wanted to see it again and again. Wow. And, and pick up on all these little things. And like, I still think about it a lot. I think that's why like, um, Jordan Peele's second horror movie, Us, which came out this year, um, was, I didn't enjoy as much because the more you think about Us, the less it interesting it becomes but as you continue to think more and more and more about get out it becomes more interesting and you'll have like a lot of movies fridge logic is a bad thing like you'll open it the idea is that you you look in the refrigerator you're like oh why didn't they just do this and this would have fixed it and get out like all the things that you're thinking later are like oh man that's so cool i forgot about that that happened earlier in the movie and it tie it came back later i didn't even notice at the time 
So my pick for best movie of the decade is Get Out. It's so good. Yeah, I feel like um, watching even, and I'll, I'll do my best not to spoil anything for Mario, but even like watching the interviews with Jordan Peele. Oh, you Peele, saw it? Yeah, it's really good. Oh, and you hate horror too. It's not a horror movie. Like it is. In it's the, a horror movie, but it's not it's especially not, scary. Yeah, it's not a slasher. It's not like the gory oh, stuff okay. that makes me uncomfortable at times. It's, it's I don't know. It's, it's suspenseful. It's, it's very thrilling. Um, yes. But watching the interviews with Jordan Peele, where he's like, <clears throat> where they be like, oh, and like, what did this mean? Like, there's a couple different times where he like gives the context, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so much like well, so heavier or cooler than what I thought it was because of that. And other times, his answers like, yeah, I just thought that'd be the weirdest thing that could happen. <laughs> like, right. And I like I love that kind of each side of the same coin where he's like a thriller can be super deep and motivations are so like you know convoluted and hidden in these extra layers or it can yeah. be like no this is going to weird somebody out that's why I put it in there. And it's so unique that like so many horror movies every horror movie uses unnerving events to build the tension, right? So whether it's it's a fake scare where a cat jumps out and scares the whole team crew, but Get Out uses the like racial awkwardness as the stuff that builds the suspense, yeah, which is good. so cool. You Such know, an interesting movie. It's funny you brought that movie up too because just yesterday, my cousin, we were texting in a, in a family thread about the Buffalo Bills playoff game. Uh, shouts to the Bills and they lost. And he was like, oh, I just watched Get shouts Out. Shouts to Sean Watson. Like, I just saw Get Out for the Just incredible. <laughs> but uh, just watched Get Out for the first time. It was on TV before the game. It was, like, it was incredible. Blew my mind. Um, like two years removed or a year removed from when it came out, so mm -hmm. still yeah. having an impact. Yeah. But since you dropped two names, I'm gonna drop one more. Okay, you want to drop one yeah, more? Yeah, yeah. This movie had such an visceral. No, I'm just kidding. Such an amazing impact on me when I was watching it. It was this like surreal feeling. I had goosebumps, and I actually it was one of the first times we hung out. I had you watch it in the theater at my apartment. Blade Runner 2049. Have you seen yeah. it, Cole? No, so be careful here. I will not spoil anything. I think I accidentally spoiled the ending once. You did. Um, I've already forgotten. The Cinematically, like from a um, cin cinematography standpoint, was my favorite movie. Ooh, Skyfall is pretty good too. Anyways, <laughs> it's just the best sci-fi movie I think I've ever watched, and that's saying a lot because I love Star Wars. But it's just oh, blows me away. It gives me goosebumps every time. Like, what does it mean to be human? Like, that's pretty much uh, the underlying tone. So cool. Go are watch we, it. Are we human? Also, are we dancers? of the original Blade Runner. And since y'all both named two, um, <laughs> yes. I'd say one that is in the category of like affected me long term the most, not like in a negative way, but just made me like, I don't know, kind of weird out in some sense was Inception. Ooh, I think yes, that was a movie experience movies. where I was like, oh, sheesh, y'all, this could all be real. And <laughs> what is a dream? Have I ever woken up in my life? Am I dreaming yes. right now? It was a good movie for that kind of. Yeah. So glad yeah. you referenced it. I think it, in my opinion... In some would argue the Matrix is, or maybe John Wick, the best original idea for a, like a um, blockbuster movie. I it just blew my mind. Well, Christopher Nolan has a lot of interesting yeah ideas. I will see anything he puts out. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Nolan stand myself. What's the new one that comes out? Tenet. Tenet looks amazing. Speaking of that, um, so as we wrap up here, are there any movies in 2020 that you guys are super excited yeah. about, looking forward to? Two. Okay. Um, I love James Bond, favorite film franchise outside of Star Wars, and this new one looks absolutely incredible, um, so I cannot wait for that. It'll, I hope it's a good send-off for Craig, damn Craig, and then can't believe this movie's coming out, didn't think I needed it, but the trailers have looked incredible, and the plot seems like it's going to fit perfectly, and that's Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Top Gun is one of my all-time favorite movies, so to see that character again in like a role that would fit him where he's like training now these pilots is just 
the, the trailer gives me freaking goosebumps. So those are my two movies. I cannot wait to see. I'll see them at least two two times in theaters each. Bryce? Yeah, I'm going to try and steer away from the tent poles, which I will obviously see all of them. I'll see Wonder Woman. I'll see Harley Quinn. I'll see all those movies. But one's coming out very soon, actually. Um, not a tent pole movie. Ooh. The uh, Kristen Stewart underwater horror movie. It's, oh, it's no. called Underwater. No, too scary. Super interested in that. I think being underwater is in intensely scary. And too we scary. need to do mo mo more movies about that. We and just said Finding Dory. <laughs> like I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a big Nolan fan, so I will for sure see Tenet as well. Um, I don't know, man. I, there's art. I mean, both of those I'm excited to see, and hopefully 2020 holds more times seeing movies in the theater for me than 2019 has. Um, I think for the same reason you gave for Detective Pikachu, I'm excited to see Sonic. Like, okay. I think Ooh. there's like an aspect of like, if it's bad, that'll be super enjoyable. And, <laughs> and shout out it, to Ben Schwartz. And if it's we good, love Ben Schwartz. I'm yeah. rooting for Ben Schwartz. Yeah. And if it's good, I'll be excited that it was good. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's yeah. kind of a win-win. Um, but that new, I mean, Bryce categorizes Temple, which it is, but I'll, I'll ride for Wonder Woman all day. I think that movie looks awesome. That movie looks incredible. I'm so excited for it being set in the eighties. Like, and I love my wife, but Gal Gadot is also beautiful and <laughs> yes. I would marry her tomorrow. And um, Chris Pine. And Chris Pine. I'd marry him too. And Pedro Pascal. And oh, I'd marry yeah. Pedro. Um, Mandalorian so, shouts. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but I think if I'm just giving a, it, it might be Sonic. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, that is it for the 2019 edition of the Junkies. Congratulations to all of our winners. But the winner would be... Always be my maybe. Yeah. Taking home the big junk. A uh, little engine that could right there. For 2019. Taking big home junk. The junk. <laughs> and that's a good thing, though. So, uh, we're going to get back to reviewing our favorite junk drawer movies starting next week. But if you have any suggestions for movies you want to hear us talk about, please feel free to email us at... Ask, excuse you. Go ahead. Ask the junk drawer at gmail.com. Go ahead and say that one more time. <laughs> Ask the junk drawer at gmail.com. That's right. And you can interact with us on Twitter at junk underscore pod, um, where we are always tweeting out our fans. I did get a text actually from a fan. They said they wanted this, and I won't say who the guy is. They said they wanted to see more Ray Romano properties. No one, no one said that. Yeah, That's it, it, it was Ray Romano. It was Ray, yeah. said, hey guys, big fan. Or perhaps if you want to just email or reach out to us or tweet to us your top movie from the past decade or your past movie Ooh, yeah, of 2019, fun. we'd love to hear yeah. from you too. What was your favorite movie or most underrated movie? I feel like underrated really encapsulates the spirit yeah. of the junk drawer. Right. Um, cool. All right, well... We will see you guys next week with a brand new pod. To infinity and beyond, as they say in the, in the movies. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.